All right, everybody, welcome. Here we are once again with the Exhale Heart and Chart Investing Podcast, sponsored by Tricord Investment Advisors. I'm Larry McDonald, your host, and this week we're back on track, uh, just kicking around a few of what I would consider investing myths, things that we've been told all along that may, A, either have worked in the past okay, um, or currently work. I'm certainly not trying to imply that none of this stuff works. It does. It's just what works better. And I think there is a better way than than what we've um, what we've become accustomed to believing is the way to invest. So this week uh, we're going to debunk another myth, and that myth is the trend is your friend. I don't know how often you've heard that. Certainly, if you're a trader or if you trade stocks, I'm sure you have heard that. But even you know mainstream media, everybody will say you know that the trend is your friend. Well, here's the debunk on that, gang. Let's just get something straight right up front. Nothing that has to do with the stock market is your friend, right? Don't be lulled by any means into thinking that the markets are favorable to you, that they like you, that they're that they're looking to do good for you. No, 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 no. All right. We just have to get rid of all of that thinking right now. And, you know, sort of. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play this little clip. We're going to do a little clip thing today, like I did before with, with one of my podcasts, because I think uh, what I'm going to talk to you about and, and uh, an example of, of some of the things came from a guy named Grant Williams, and I'll give you his bio a little bit. He's an awesome guy. Um, but before that, I, I just really want to kind of wake you up a little bit to this, uh, this little clip. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. So if you're, you know, you're not old enough to know where that comes from. Uh, it was one of my favorite shows in the 60s, you know, Lost in Space. Um, and I don't want to put on my tinfoil hat today or anything like that, guys. I, you know, I don't talk about the downside a lot, the dark side, if you will. But, you know, if we don't have these conversations, if we don't talk about the risk that's out there and make sure we don't have rose-colored glasses on, then, you know, that's my fault if I don't help educate you. And and I don't run around and I don't want anybody wringing their hands and I don't want to create a bunch of fear in anyone. That That's not the point here. The point is to let's make sure that we understand the realities as much as we can anyway uh, of, of the current situation in the market. Let's not you know, let, let, let's not get lulled into a false sense of security and complacency. And every once in a while, we need to have a little wake-up conversation. And, and really, that's what today is, okay? So, you know, with that, I'm, I'm going to play some clips to start with uh, from a podcast that um, a gentleman named Chris Martinson, who runs a great uh, website and blog, where he interviewed a guy named Grant Williams, all right? And Grant... Um, you know, Grant is a great guy. I'm going to read his bio to you. So, you know, Grant, um, he's had over 30 years in finance. He's had held senior positions in a number of investment banks and brokers and locations as diverse as London, Tokyo, New York, Hong Kong, Sydney, and Singapore. He is currently portfolio and strategy advisor to Volpe's Investment Management in Singapore. Uh, he speaks around the globe. This guy's got a phenomenal uh, newsletter that he put out puts out that's called Things That Make You Go Hmm, 
which which is great. Um, and he's also one of the founding um, members of Real Vision TV. And, it, you know, if you're into this kind of stuff, if you like financial stuff, you ought to get a subscription to that because you are going to hear from the industry's best. I, I'm just telling you. He's super entertaining, and it, you're going to love just a few of the little clips that I'm going to going to play for him because he just tells it like it is right so you know he's going to basically come out and i totally agree with him that that the danger the will robinson danger is in our wrong thinking you know we we have to be thinking right about this we need to have an open mind about investing and what it what is it? What isn't it? How does it work? And, and, and nobody's asking anybody to be a guru. Uh, that's what my clients pay me to do. But all of us need to have some sense of what's going on out there. You know, I, I meet with clients all the time, and sometimes they'll put, you know, uh, you know, their statements in front of me from their current brokerage house. And, 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 and I ask them, I'll ask them one simple question. When's the last time you had a conversation about this? Well, uh, never. I don't know. We've just never done it. And in some, in some cases, they've lost a lot of money, you know, and you got to ask yourself, oh, guys, I mean, who's supposed to be paying attention to this? If not you, it's your money. You know, you need to hold every single one of us accountable, if you will. And again, I'm not trying to say anybody's out there being dishonest. I'm just saying that, you know, ask the questions, know what you have, know what's going on. Have there be an explanation if, if it's gone down? Why? Maybe there's a good explanation for it. If it has, if there isn't, you know, you, you need to decide. But, you know, we, we got to begin to start having the conversations, okay? And, and that's really where I'm getting at with this. So, you know, let's just put some focus on what's going on right now in the markets. You know, we've got a new president. Uh, media sensationalism is going on all over the place, whether it has to do with him, whether it has to do with the stock market. It really doesn't matter. But but the thing to remember, again, right up front, and let's just anchor this podcast, and that's this, that the market is a very neutral, cold-hearted, impersonal vehicle. That's all it is. We use it to our advantage, of course, to, to grow our investments. But don't think for a minute that anybody's got control over it, that anybody has an idea and that it as an entity has your best interests in mind now with all that said i do want to go a little sidebar on you and and maybe you don't get don't get uh, crazy on me here because i'm not trying to get crazy on you but um i do want to say that how we look at our investments how we think about them the positive intention that we put toward them and and not only just toward the stock market, but also just toward the economy and our country in general, does matter and does have an effect. And I, without you know removing myself or any of us from this equation, uh, I'm really just trying to get, you know, it's more of a reality check, but I'm not trying it at all. And matter of fact, I'm trying to encourage us to lean in and be positive about it all. Okay, so let's move on from there. I just want to make that point. So, you know, when we start with that, we really got to kind of fall back down on now. So what problems do we see, you know, in the markets right now? What what cautions? What what red flags? And so I'm going to play this first clip from Grant as as Chris was interviewing him. And then I'll make a few comments on it and and we'll kind of move through like that. I I think you're absolutely right. And and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. And and the more I think about not just that, but but the incredible amount of 
counterintuitive moves that we see in markets. And I think it's all inextricably linked to the rise of computer trading. I, I think it's it's linked to these uh, algorithms that go out into echo chambers, look for words in headlines and and drive the market accordingly. Mark, I think the algorithms predicted that once the election was over, we'd get a period of stability. And, and I think as the percentage of the trading conducted by these uh, automated trading systems rises, you know, the New York Stock Exchange now, it's above 70%. So, so understand, everybody that wants to say, well, history will repeat itself. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, be careful with saying it's different this time. What, what Grant is basically saying here, and Chris had prompted him on it, is, you know, what's going on out there? How come everybody seems to be, especially in our industry, seems to be shaking their head going, are, are you kidding me? I mean, the, the market keeps going up. What's the deal with that? And so Grant is, you know, he's, he's speaking to a phenomenon that's, bre you know, that's fairly new in trading and in the stock market, and, and that's program trading, algorithmic trading. And again, it's impersonal. But as he said, it goes out there and it creates momentum. It creates the trend, right? So again, the trend isn't your friend, all right? In, this, in most cases, especially lately, it's a manufactured thing that program trading that accounts for, as Grant said, 70% of what's going on out there right now in the markets, all right, that when these programs, this silicone-based, you know, uh, thinking decides that things are good, it will continue to drive things higher. Uh, it, it, don't be delusionary into thinking that if the market's going higher, A, the economy must be doing better, A, the stock's that are going up, the companies are doing well. Many, many times it has absolutely nothing to do with any of that. And that's why, you know, understand that if the market from here, let's say the market just tanks over the in, in the next year. I, and again, I'm not making the prediction it will. I'm just saying what if. You know what everybody's going to blame? You know how everybody's going to blame? They're going to blame Trump. Okay? It's not Trump's fault. He may contribute to some catalysts that may be positive for the markets or may be negative for the markets. I, I'm certainly not implying that that can't happen. But the point is he inherited a market that is already way out there on the curve, if you want to put it that. Any number that you look at when it has to do with ratios or with evaluations, anything, okay, we're we're way out there. We are so far into uncharted territory that it isn't even funny. And and the funny thing is that we we get all nervous if the market corrects 3%, 4%, 5%. We're sensationalizing this whole thing. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is ridiculous. As I said in a couple podcasts ago that I think the market has a very good possibility of retreating at least about 20% just to kind of get itself back. Is that a catastrophe? No. You know, do I think that Armageddon is coming? No. Do we try to manage it so that we don't have to receive a 20%, you know, uh, down, uh, downtrend, you know, in our portfolios? Absolutely. That's what it's all about is we hedge. Okay. But the point is, this is a normal thing and we don't think it's normal anymore. Okay. And we've got to change that thinking. We've got to be prepared for greater volatility. We've got to be prepared for a market correction because it's needed. Now, when we're going to get it and how we're going to get it and what's going to, you know, here we go again, right? 
but we have to change our thinking in this complacency that everybody seems to be in in La La Land about all of this, okay? So let's play the next uh, clip from Grant um, because he's got such great stuff to say. We, we really do live in a, an entirely new world. and I don't think um, we've had a, a bi-directional market through which we can understand what these, what these things do. The markets have been drifting higher for essentially the entire period of time that these, these machines have, have gained ascendancy. And so we as humans are trying to figure out what this means, trying to figure out how it works. And we don't know because we only know which way it works in one direction. Um, when we start to see uh, cold hearted trend following algorithms determine that the path is down, um, when you really are going to need human bids. And I've talked about this a lot. You know, when markets are going up, I can guarantee you there's an offer at any price, at any hour of the day or night, someone will show you an offer and, and it may be significantly higher than the last trade, but there will be an offer. But when markets turn and go down, people forget that oftentimes there are no bids. All right. So he's talking about how the, the markets work here when he's talking about offers and he's talking about bids. He, here's the big issue when it comes to to the markets. All right. When you own something <clears throat> and let's say you've decided that it's not advantageous now to own it, you need a buyer. And whatever it is you own, I don't care whether it's your house, it's your car, it's your stock. If you can't find somebody to buy it, or if the only price that you can find somebody to buy it at is significantly lower than what you think it's worth, then you have a decision to make. But here's the thing. It's worth whatever it is at the moment, whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. Right. So what Grant is saying here is that as the markets are going up, you can usually always find, you know, a buyer. All right. Um, you can you can always find a seller typically, and when the markets are going up. All right. But but when the when the market really determines that it's going down, you're not going to find any offers, and that's what you get. And he was going to talk to flash crashing. That's what flash crashes are that there's no bid at, at the price you want. It's significantly lower. Well, the al algorithms, they're impersonal. You know, they're O's and ones and zeros. They don't understand. And so they go looking for what somebody will buy it at. And sometimes that's significantly lower. And yet, boom, it executes because that's what it's told to do. Right? So we have a you know, we don't have a buy as he's talking bi-directional. The market really hasn't gone down since this algorithmic trading has really gained popularity. So we really don't know what, you know, volatility, how severe, what it's really going to look like when, quote, the algorithms decide that it's time for the market to go down, right? For good reason or not. Right. So I guess I guess I understand the danger out there of all this. It's just inherent in the system, but you can't put your head in the sand. That's my whole point. And if you're one of my you're my client, you know, you, you, we got a system. If you're not and you just have your money out there at the mercy of all of this, then I think you need to have some new thinking when it comes to it. That's the whole point of this. Right. All right. So let's play the next clip from Grant. Countless times that every flash crash we've seen in the last five or six years is a dress rehearsal for what happens when markets genuinely want to go down. They're not fat fingers. They are automated trading systems looking for a bid, finding it down 90% and hitting it. 
Uh, and when you think about what's going to happen with the absence of market makers, thanks to Dodd-Frank, the absence of liquidity providers on the on the buy side um, through regulation and through just the restriction of, of balance sheets among amongst the traditional places that people would go for liquidity, uh, I think we're going to see something really quite shocking when the markets really do have a turn. And I, I get the feeling that's coming. And I think this introduction of Trump that we talked about and the volatility that he brings with him is going to be an agent of change in the markets. And I, I, I'm very, very nervous about what a downward trending market looks like in the age of uh, automated algorithmic computer trading. Do you think they've got better insights? All right. So now Chris poses a question to him uh, about the, you know, the powers that be. Okay. So what is everybody thinking out there that supposedly is, knows what they're doing? All right. And, and mainly what they're addressing there are the central bankers, because again, keep in mind that for the last several years, <clears throat> we've had monetary policy driven by central banks around the world. Now, Donald Trump is actually starting to introduce fiscal policy, right? And whether it's infrastructure spending or tax cuts or bringing jobs back to America or the trade deals or whatever, you know, whatever it might be, now we've got Congress. Now we've got the president. Now we've got, you know, our, our leaders involved in, you know, monetary policy when it comes to the fiscal side of it. And that's passing laws uh, or whatever it might be. I mean, we've been totally at the mercy of the central banks to give them a little bit of leeway because, the, you know, our leaders around the world, I'm just talking about in America, you know, have basically abdicated their responsibility. They put their head in the sand and now they have somebody to blame, first of all. Uh, but the point is that the center, this, this whole central bank uh, omnipotence has, has created some hubris that's just totally ridiculous, all right? Uh, it, it's nuts. And it, consequently, if we think that, you know, they've got our back, the, 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 the colloquial Bernanke put that was that was coined when he was chairman about how constantly he constantly propped up the markets that you could just throw mud on the wall and the market just kept going up and up and up and up and up because they wouldn't let the market go down. Um, and again, that's a total false sense of security. I've talked about it a lot. You've heard this from me if you're one of my clients. All right. But as Grant would say in, in this interview, I don't think I have it in the clip, but, but sooner or later, the markets are going to punch the central bankers in the face because they can't control things like they think they can all right so uh, so with that let's play his last clip uh and we'll just have some comments on that i don't think they have better insights I, I think i think they have one thing that we don't and i think it's actually to their enormous detriment and, and i i think that's a a solid belief that they can control markets i mean i really mm -hmm. think they do that you know the bernanke's famous interview on 60 Minutes when he was asked uh, about his confidence level in being able to control inflation you know, without missing a beat. He said 100%. All right. So what he's referring to here, and I've actually written about this before, um, is in 2010, December of 2010. So, you know, it was after the crisis. Uh, the Fed had made the decisions that they made about pumping trillions of dollars into the save the banking system and all the too big to fail stuff and all that. There was a lot of disgruntled folks out there that it didn't make sense. Bankers were getting huge bonuses again by that time. And I mean, there was just a lot of unrest. So he went on 60 Minutes, which was almost unheard of. And they had this interview. 
And what Grant is referring to is when the interviewer asked him about what they're doing and what they can do and what they can't do, um, you know, he came up with the famous 15 minutes. So I'm going to play that clip for you, and then I'm going to comment on that uh, to kind of wrap this thing up as we just kind of get perspective once again on where we are. So hang on, I'm going to play the Ben Bernanke clip. And by lowering interest rates, we hope to stimulate the economy to grow faster. So the trick is to find the appropriate moment when to begin to unwind this policy. And that's what, we'll, that's what we're going to do. Is keeping inflation in check less of a priority for the Federal Reserve now? No, absolutely not. What we're trying to do is achieve a balance. We've been very, very clear that we will not allow inflation to rise above 2% or less. Can you act quickly enough to prevent inflation from getting out of control? We could raise interest rates in 15 minutes if we have to. So there really is no problem with raising rates, tightening monetary policy, slowing the economy, reducing inflation at the appropriate time. Now, that time is not now. You have what degree of confidence in your ability to control this? 100%. All right. I don't, I don't know if you're chuckling right now or, or, or not, but, but let's just take a few points that, that he, Bernanke makes in, in this interview. Uh, first of all, he talks about unwinding. Now, you, you do realize, don't you, that, that, that all the money that they have put into this, all the bonds that they've bought, all of the, this fiscal monetary policy that they've done, they haven't unwound it. There is no way. They are so backed into a corner. Oh, great idea. Figure out when. But they created a monster, and they don't know how to unwind this thing. They don't know how to reduce the debt that they've incurred from all of this. So, so right there. You know, it, it was a false sense of ability to be able to control things. Then number two, he uses the word tricky. Well, that, that's probably the most accurate word he used in that whole thing, that it is very tricky. And they've literally tricked themselves into an untenable situation. All right. We have no idea what this is going to look like going forward. But have we stopped buying our own bond? Yes. At least that stopped. The, 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 the QE is stopped. But understand that every time there's a new bond issue out there, they're just rolling over the old debt. They're not retiring any of it, right? So that hasn't happened, and they have no idea how to make it happen. Janet Yellen has inherited this whole monster, all right? So just understand, that's still all lurking around out there. It hasn't gone away, and Donald Trump can't just, you know, uh, say something or tweet something and make it all change. It's not going to happen. All right, so then he talks about being able to control inflation. We aren't going to allow Oh, really? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first one to admit that up to this point, official inflation rates have, have been very much under control. I don't know about you guys, but when we go to the grocery store, we're definitely paying a whole lot more for a lot of stuff. Maybe not some stuff, but for a lot of stuff. So I, you know, I don't take any heed or credence in any of those numbers. It's certainly costing more to live. I don't know what any, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what, what they're smoking, but to be quite frank. All right. So so he talks about this absolute control to be able to control. And then the guy really questions him again. You know, and, and, and first of all, Bernanke makes this statement, and I've written about this before, right? We can come into this room, you know, the, 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 the 10 or 12 of us, whatever, they, you know, and, and in 15 minutes, you know, we can raise interest rates, which what? Fixes everything? He has this linear, we do this, then this happens, then this happens, then inflation's under control, and blah, 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 and it slows down the economy. 
that is such hubris, it's unbelievable to think that everything works in a very linear way like that, like the textbooks say. I mean, it, it, it's beyond belief that, that they could make a statement. Fifteen minutes? You know, how, how long does it take you to even get out of bed in the morning? How long does it take you to figure out, you know, how, what you're going to put on in the morning or have for breakfast? Sometimes for me, it's a lot more than 15 minutes. And to think that these people are going to come into a room and in 15 minutes have a, have, make a decision that has major impact on global monetary policy, that in itself scares the, you know what, out of me. I don't know about you. And then, of course, he questions him to, to degree. Now, are you really sure about this? I, I, I mean, what? Uh, to what degree are you a hundred percent? How many things in your life or in my life are we one hundred percent certain about? Think about that for a second. One hundred percent. No chance. Not even one tenth of a percent. I mean, the the the, the gall with which he could say one hundred percent just. It, 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 again, it goes beyond any of our thinking when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and just understand that this attitude is pervasive, not just in the Fed, not just with Janet Yellen, not just in the United States, but around the globe. Right? Draghi is, I mean, you know, the, the ECB, I mean, the, P, the People's Bank of China, I don't care who we're talking about here. Right? Uh, Bank of England, I mean, they they have this incredible idea that they are in control. They're not. Just, you, you, I hope for a, just for a moment here, you do understand this, right? That they are totally out of control, and it hasn't changed. And a, and a Trump presidency does. If anything, it sort of exacerbates it. Uh, the Brexit, what's going on in China, what's going on again in Greece. I mean, all these things have not gone away. We've been talking about it for the last seven or eight years. None of this stuff is fixed. None of it's behind us. And again, I'm not putting on my tinfoil hat. I'm just trying to make you realize that it's time for a reality check. That as we move forward, you know, anything's possible and, and even more so just given current conditions. And that's why I keep beating the drum that the plan can't be set it and forget it and stick your head in the sand right you're going to get punched in the face as grant williams said in his in this interview right it it, it, it it's the train wreck right somewhere along the line there needs to be a system in place for all of our investments that says you know again we can't we can't possibly react to a market flash crash, as Grant was alluding to, that what happens when the markets, let alone a, P, a stock, really wants to go down, what does that really look like? But at least you have a system in place that says, I am going to mitigate the risk to the best of my ability. You know, it, again, it makes a huge difference to stay out of the big downturns, gang. I'm just, I can't preach that message enough. And again, if you're my client, we're already doing it. But if you're, you know, if you're not, or if you know some people, I'm sure you do, send this to them. Make, let them listen to it. And at least now, and here's, I got my buddy John. He, you know, he's so funny sometimes. That when, whenever we're talking about something, and, and maybe I'll ha- talk about something, or we'll be studying something to do, that, that he doesn't, he's never heard about before, or, he, or, or this is new knowledge. And he goes, no, no, please, no, now I know. 
oh my gosh, now what does that do for me? Oh my gosh, I don't have any excuse anymore. Oh, it puts the responsibility right directly on my shoulders. I mean, he's so funny sometimes. Uh, but it's true. Sometimes we don't want to know these things because then we sort of have an excuse for why we didn't do something differently. Well, all I can say is that, as I said before in in this book uh, that I just can't say enough good about from John K. Sosnowy, uh, called Lasting Wealth is a Matter of Timing. And basically, he wrote this in 1999 to try to save the generation coming from financial ruin. And, and you know, I think we're still there today, 10 years later, almost, not quite. A, uh, well, yeah, what, 10, uh, 16 years later, 17 years later, we're still in the same place. That if we're not careful, the next coming market correction to whatever degree that is could absolutely derail a whole baby boomer generation's worth of investments um and and my mission out there is to do my best to mitigate that i don't think there's a way to stop you know some of the uh, the impact of it but certainly not to 20 30 40 or more percent in your portfolio and then you have to try to dig out from there because truly you know, sustainable wealth is a matter of timing. It's huge. And I'm going to be talking more about that in some podcasts coming up, that you'd be amazed at what timing. And I'm not even talking about market timing. I'm talking about when you retire, the timing of that and the markets. It's huge. Um, you know, you just you, until you see the numbers, until you watch how this stuff flows, you really don't have a good grasp on uh, on, on how at the mercy of the timing of markets that everybody really is. So anyway, no tinfoil hat, no fear-mongering. Yes, a little danger, Will Robinson, but again, the danger is in wrong thinking. Trump is bringing change, and my hope for you is that your plan isn't hope, uh, that you will begin to expose yourself to some different thinking and make some changes in your portfolio, in your life, in your life portfolio, uh, that you need to make moving forward because, you know, again, uh, you know, it's to your detriment if you don't, in my opinion, and I don't want to see that happen to anybody. So there we are. Uh, the trend is not your friend. The market is not your friend. Uh, I'm going to put the whole interview, if you want to listen to the Grant Williams interview with Chris Martinson, that whole podcast, I'm going to put it out there on the website, www.tricordadvisor.com. Just go to the podcast page and you'll see the link there. Uh, send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking about this. Pass it along. Um, love to have some interaction with you. Uh, so that's it for this week. Until next week, uh, I appreciate you listening and uh, we'll see you later.